listening to A to the K. 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 Talk Podcast. Check it out. Change your life. You'll be thanking me later. Okay, everyone, and we're back with the man, the moth, the legend. It's Tony Knox. <laughs> Hi, Tony. Hello. Um, <laughs> so, Carl, should we talk about GPW then? Oh, we oh, need yeah. to talk about GPW. <laughs> it feels like so long ago. So, I think um, obviously I joined GPW probably around 2004, 2005 time. Um, that's when the first time I saw your good self, Tony. Um, and I think, you know, at the time I was a wrestling fan who just wanted to get in the business and yeah. I was like, okay, um, I lived in Skelmsdale um, and obviously GPW was in was it Hin- uh, Hinley, I think it was at the time. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm going to go and join this wrestling school, way out of my comfort zone. And obviously um, it was one of the best times ever, really. So I think um, I mentioned before when we spoke, um, obviously at the time it was Lee Butler who was the trainer initially um obviously he has uh, unfortunately passed away um not too long ago um so obviously that's a that's obviously quite a bit of a shame um but then yes yeah, so it was lee butler and then uh, i trained under damon lee and under johnny brannigan as well with my kind of two main, uh, main trainers but i remember seeing your good self just kind of floating around in the backstage area and like you know recording promos and stuff and then the next minute he came out was mothman I was like, okay, <laughs> who is this guy? Like, like so. <laughs> so I guess you know. First question from us is obviously, you know, tell us around. Obviously, your time. You know, how did you break into the business? Obviously, you do photography and stuff now as well for um, the business, as well as obviously you trained as an active wrestler. So tell us your story. Uh, okay, um, I I had a few lost years. Um, I went to our college. I managed to get t- kicked out of two of our colleges, which <laughs> not one. Can you tell us the reasons why, or is that is that yeah, no, no go? <laughs> uh, I moved out of the area, right? And, um, so I used to look. I'm originally from Liverpool. Then I moved to when I was eleven. I moved to a place called Rainford, and when I was eighteen, um, I was I was going to look. Uh, I was going basically to St Helens Art College, mm-hmm. and. And then the family kind of disbanded slightly. I ended up in Liverpool with my nan for a few months until I got evicted by my uncle when I had to end up in death mates. And um, basically, uh, during that point, uh, I was going to our college. And because I moved out the area, I moved towards Wigan. And mm-hmm. I was, they, they said, like, you could come back only on the premise that, you know, you wouldn't get in any other art colleges. So please get me another art college. I ended up in Layard College uh, and like tried desperately not to get in, trying to be <laughs> They must have liked that, but not not that well because like a year later I was kicked out. I remember, I remember uh, watching Time Stand Still. It was literally one of them moments where like everything goes and you're like, that just happened halfway through this speaking to me still. Like, I'm sure this room just moved like that. Um, yeah, and I just think I discovered girls, life, and other things, and and constantly I was always searching for the for the right girl. And strangely enough, she uh, didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> One lunatic to another lunatic. Really. <laughs> years years later, 
um, a few years later I ended up doing like a part-time photography course but then like every, when eventually did get girlfriends he always moved away either to like a different city or a different country it was mm. like a common theme so I always used to follow the girls like a stalker but um, <laughs> outside the room <laughs> um, so, so basically um, I ended up like traveling a lot around England used to hitchhike everywhere and, and stuff like that so my photography developed because of that mm. because of going on little adventures and then I ended up um, documenting in Preston uh, outside Preston uh, the M65 uh, motorway at the time this is around 25 years ago so uh, there was like a tree village up in a place called Stanware Valley and um, so I, I became quite interested in heroic figures for, for mm. odd contemporary heroic figures mm. so hence like they were anti-road protesters who were up trees that it was 74 and it was the biggest uh, tree house village in Europe and I just happened to be involved in that a few <laughs> few documentary photography and then like when it was up a tree and then I realized they were cutting down the trees you know the oblivious photographing um you know and I came to that point where they were like the sheriffs had come up to try and get people down and I was just like oh if you cut the tree I'll fall off and die and that'll be your fault <laughs> so I realized at that point I was never going to be a documentary photographer because <laughs> you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't want to die by falling from a tree, right? So, I, no, it wasn't that. It, it was the point that um, that if it was a photographer, I would have just gone like, "Oh, I'm just a photographer." Da, 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 da. But at that point, it changed, and I just went like, "No, fuck you! I'm obviously yeah. not a photographer. I'm here, <laughs> so, no. and just carried on taking pictures." So yeah, I think yeah. at that point the the actions you, you I end up submerging myself into certain bodies and so mm. that was a prototype mm. to the wrestling in a way that metaphor was like after that I went to university, lived in Australia, done a, done other interesting stuff, um carried on my tradition of going out with foreign girls. Mm. Um <laughs> after that all went air shaped, I ended up like going into wrestling and started like photographing heroic figures mm. kind of people who were kind of cross culture of like on the fringe but really interesting so i started off in a really strange small little small little uh, wrestling company i would like to think but it wasn't it was actually all stars which doesn't matter i started off here all stars oh, okay two, nice. i think it was 2000 or 2001 so um i was photographing people like Dean Ormark when Dean was 18, mm. um, Robbie Dynamite, Robbie Brookside, uh, mm. Gary around, Jake the Snake Roberts was there, uh, what is his name, Hello. he's, um, he does a gimmick now, uh, PCW, uh, PC, it used to be WWE, he was the Ring of Honor world champion, he does this fantastic, I'm a monster gimmick, uh, Carl, Carl's it will come to me. PCA. <laughs> so, uh, and he was around, and um, so I was photographing them guys like twenty years ago, 
Yeah. So been doing it roughly about uh, three years at that point. And then one day I came back from photographing the Royal Rumble in uh, an All-Stars one in Southport and I got the train with the wrestler and I was talking to him about it. And then it dawned on me at this point, like, like I could, I was at the age where either if I was ever going to do it, it would have to be now. Mm-hmm. I, I, he just said, well, why don't you wrestle? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. GPW came and I contacted uh, Lee Butler and uh, he, and then told him my plan to me to take documentary. I would work with GPW. I would go there. I would take their images. I would give them an identity and this is only work. Uh, and when he saw me work, he was like, yeah, yeah, that, that'd be great. And um, it was in exchange to do free training. Mm. Um, did he sit to that? <laughs> did he fuck? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I thought that when you were like, what, he's going to stick to free training? Nah. Nah. Lee never told anyone, so people were coming around at the end and they were like, uh, £10, £5. Pounds. I was like, well, I'm seriously getting free training. Wow. And, you know, he, he never kept his word. <laughs> Ever. No. I remember speaking to Robbie Brooks. There's a funny story. Was, mm. uh, oh, yeah, I, I used to, as well, like, during the All-Star early part. Like, I've worked with All-Stars for years, for, like, many years. I mean, last, this year is, like, the first year in something like 19 years I haven't done one of the shows. Wow. Do you know what, as well, like, like I, I never realised that you worked for All-Star. Like, obviously, I, I've only ever known you in GPW. And it's mad, really, because I was saying to Anthony before, we've been to All-Star shows. So there was probably yeah, yeah. times before then that, um, that I've, I've probably bumped into you. Yeah. yeah but with, with All-Stars, I would do, like, some of the Northwest and the occasional shows down south. But it was mainly, like, the Northwest things. But yeah. I've known Brian, like, 19, 20 years, you know, a long time, 19 mm. years. Um, so I've known Tish before she got with Dean Ormo, who then became a husband. You know, I've known them years, years and years. Like, I remember one time at All-Star show, um, that they had, like, Brian went, oh, you like this guy. And it was, like, a young, you know, Drew. It, it, was, it was Drew McIntyre. It was, like... It was, <laughs> wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and it, it must have been about, like, 19 at the time, 19, 20. Mm. And um, he might have been younger. And, like... You know, I remember Drew getting in contact with me, and and I said like he said, "Oh, I'm going for a trial with W to B. Could you send me some images?" Like, no problem. So he sent me the images, and then like a, a short time later, he was on WWE for his first run, and I've seen him along the road years later. But I'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, but that's amazing, that, though, isn't it? Like, if like if you think about it, like. He may have never even got that opportunity if he didn't have those headshots and those images and stuff. So crazy to think the role you played. <laughs> like I have virtually fuck all. <laughs> he was a star, you know what I mean? It's one yeah. of them people. He's a Tony Storm. As soon as you see them, mm. you're like, yeah, you are going to be on television. You're yeah. going to win the big one and you are going to be like such a huge star. Ridiculous. It's, it's just some people have that gravitas, don't they? Yeah. I think, uh, it, no, it's interesting to hear that because obviously he, um, 
way back when he wasn't he was always a big guy he's always been bigger than me obviously but he wasn't as as sort of jacked as he is now and and that sort of thing and he's had to work on his character but it's it, it's fascinating to see that like you you can see that sort of stardom in him so many years ago as well like mm. brian did brian saw the stardom in me because brian brian have you ever met brian at all brian dixon uh, i've not uh, I, no i don't think i have he's amazing i'll, I'll try and talk him into getting coming on the show oh yeah please uh, that, yeah that'd be great yeah um he'll probably go nah. <laughs> 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 remember I, I do a terrible impression of him but uh, other people do it amazing like g-man does it. impeccable mm. gero does it impeccable like so many others mm. like even people who've never met him like just emulate his voice <laughs> one of the things to remember him saying to me years years ago going the last thing I ever did, Tony, was, was pay you. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing I ever was pay you. <laughs> you know, because I started it off as an art project. So yeah. for me, it was, it was an art project. And when I was developing, doing the, the wrestling training, I remember Robbie Brookside turned around to me. And like I did a series of screen prints of Tonka. That ended up being fly posted around Liverpool and used for exhibitions. Mm. So uh, Jake Snake Roberts, who still said he'll take me out on a drink, but he didn't get his word either. Maybe but, not uh, after the old DDP yoga program and whatever, but <laughs> yeah, he's on a different path now. <laughs> Is he? <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Tony Knox. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um yeah because yeah jake jake was also like one of them like incredible like the funny story about about his match was like he was against i think he was part of yeah it was a one-on-one between him versus uh ricky ricky knight senior so, oh uh, wow jake, okay yeah this is an all-star um, oh, and jake, yeah. jake forgot like how to wrestle during the night. <laughs> and Ricky proceeded to like get really cheesed off with him so mm-hmm. he just ended up like taking his shoe off him and then started hitting him with it <laughs> <laughs> that's unreal I'm, I'm watching from the side of the stage because I'm also like backstage doing stuff talking to Martin McGillis and, and Brian Dixon comes over and goes like Get him off the stage. <laughs> Get him off the stage. <laughs> and like, so, like, Nigel McGuinness has to come out and make the save, you know. And, and, uh, and Ricky goes off, like, and everyone was like, oh, just witness. And then about 40 minutes later, a knock, or 20 minutes later, a knock on his door to, like, do, do some images of Jake, you know, wondering if he's fucked off his head or whatever. And he came in, I came into it and it was in a blue room. And I had my old medium format, big camera and this big flash. And I just like, oh, can I get a quick shot? And he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Like that. And he just stood there and it was the best picture of ever. It's one of me, I'll send you a link to it, but it's one of my most favorite images. Yeah, definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. And he was like yeah. this wonderful, warm person who was like, like I, even though like 10 minutes or 15 minutes later, he was getting hit by a boot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for just being off his face. But like, <laughs> no, he's, he was, um, 
He was an but unreal was, character, Jake. Sorry? It's mad to think. It's mad to think that like someone of his stature just forgot how to wrestle just because you know, obviously, you know the, the stuff he was going through at the time. Like for, yeah, yeah, for Ricky yeah, Knight yeah. to be like, you know, I'm I'm going to you know get your shit together and just beat you up with a fucking boot <laughs> like, <laughs> with his own shoe. Like it's unreal. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> The moral of the story is don't piss off Ricky now. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a, it's definitely a good moral to have that, to be honest. Okay. That is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I like but, um, that. Lovely, but all right. So, like, I've, I've um, obviously, have you met Paige and stuff then? Obviously, for. Yeah, I met Soraya when she was um, 15. 15 mm. 16, so, like. back when she was still Soraya then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she wrestled under a name, uh, Brit. Brit- yeah, was it with Brit- Brit- Brittany Knight, wasn't it? I think. Was it Brittany Knight? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, it was. Um, did you get like the same kind of vibes from her? Like she was going to be a superstar? Oh, God. Mm. Yeah. yeah, she was beautiful. She was so. I think she might have been like 15 or 17 when I met her. Because mm. uh, um, I photographed her a few times. Uh, about, about Only two or three times. Uh, once in All Stars, where she was just hanging out. Um, once at uh, Morecambe, she was uh, XWA. She was she was in a show there, uh, and another one uh, where RWA in Grimsby. Um, mm. So she was against the mum, and like I made sure I'd done a series of images of her downstairs. Mm. Um, and it was strange because she was only young at the time. I was photographing her like um, that. She was leaning on the like weight bench and stuff like that, and the mum was behind her, stuff like that. And you know, and I ended up selling them a few years later to like the newspaper and stuff like that. But it was yeah. obvious she was to be a star. So one of the reasons, you know, sometimes you've got to be strategic. That you oh yeah, people are going to be a star, so you're going to go to that. You're going to make sure you get that job. Mm. Yeah. No, definitely. I think I think one thing that kind of stood out was um you seem to have a big grasp on who is gonna make it. Do you know what I mean? Like the like the people we've been speaking about, you seem to have quite an eye for talent. But, but yeah. I think well aesthetically, um certain people like because my background's an artist, you know, I, I did end up after being chucked out of the two art colleges. <laughs> well, one I could have potentially went back. The odd story is years later before um, I went back into uh, Lee, uh, not the art college, but to, I became artist in residence in the local art college. Mm. Project, and then years later, I returned back to St. Helens Art College and became artist in residence for like two years. And then during that time, that allowed me to, to do the wrestling project because mm. I had access to all the dark rooms, the light rooms. Uh, to process the films, everything. So I had all that support. So mm. that, that's what helped me develop that project. So the rest yeah. of the project stemmed from being like an artist in residence. So, and because I was getting European funded, that project, I could afford to do it. Mm. You know, um, but I just carried on. I, I carried it on because the conversation really came from the person who would, I, I would have to give most credit for. Probably Robbie Big Time. Yeah. At one point, Robbie turned around to me and said, You only seem to be concentrating on the American guys. At which point, I actually pulled a picture of him out and went, Ah. 
played that. <laughs> nice. Not so much. But um, but I realised at that point I was like, well, with my skill set, I could make a difference. I could make a difference. Mm. Why don't I treat this as an art project? Why don't I do this as a way of bringing British wrestling um, on a level of the American wrestling? Mm, Not yeah. that I could do that as a wrestler, but I could do that in the photography and making sure people look professional. They pose right, they look good, they look, they look right. They don't look like a piece mm. of shit. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, um, the amount of times where like a lot of good designers ended up coming in but it took years of shit ones who didn't know what they were doing and it was just heartbreaking for years but it was like that continuous slog of working with companies yeah and, like working with them working with them working with them like gpw's had some good poster designs over the years they had some oh, yeah. terrible ones to start with. <laughs> later on it's like because I knew that if I have a database of images that I keep them on a thing called Dropbox. Mm, yeah. So yeah. I would get messages off people going, Oh mate, have you got this image for this? We need this for this, we need this for this and I'd be like, done. Oh yeah. You know, so I wouldn't have to spend an hour and a half looking through four years of work and this previous thing for something. So I ended up developing a system that I could overcompensate for people's stupidity. That's fair. Yeah, like the amount of requests you must get. Um, yeah, but it, 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 it's difficult because I, I've always kept it as a project in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's surprising like the amount of etiquette that people don't have. You yeah. know, they'll get messages off people going, hey mate, can you send us that? It's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've never yeah. met you. Yeah, I was, you know, I so, so from like either late 2000 or 201 um, to 204. So in 204, that's when I decided I was going to do GPW training. Mm. So I went to train and a few months into my training, my dad died. So um, during that time, I had like a lot of anger mm. and the GPW really, really helped me. Because yeah. I could go and then go, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and that outlet. Yeah. People who were just like, eh, that, that doesn't hurt, weaky cunt, you know. Yeah, <laughs> 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 because they were bigger and stronger than me. So, but it, it was good and it developed like, like I was training. Um, when when I was there, I actually recorded the sessions as well. Mm, um, right. Yeah. So I've got like footage from the video on these old. <laughs> well, do you know what? Like, like I remember seeing you recording, which, which I, I, I was like, you must have like something of me somewhere. Like, like I, I, I was only there for about nine, nine, ten months or something. Like yeah. my, my biggest kind of um, rite of passage was probably the show we did in Bake Up, um, the City of Shoes. I remember I got in a car with <laughs> guys that I, I had no idea who they were. But that is the wrestling business. And I got in the car, went up to Bake Up, and I was the referee in the Rumble match um, yeah. with, um, obviously, Lee Butler was there. And I remember, like, I think I said to you in uh, prior to this interview, he was like, you know, like Lee was, he was just like, tell this guy, you know, to call me a fat bastard. Tell him, you know, <laughs> he's going to do this, he's going to do that. And I was there going to him, you know, call him a fat bastard. Yeah, yeah, like, like, you know, check him down, make sure he's not got any weapons or anything. Call him a fat bastard and he wouldn't do it. And Lee, Lee was getting pissed off with me, going, 
fucking tell him to call me a fat bat. I was like, I'm telling him. He won't do it. I was like, yeah, don't take it out on me. <laughs> but yeah, like like for me, that was my blank big show, the the whole makeup show. Yeah. Well I mean Lee was only twenty at the time. I know. He was like twenty, so he was put in a position where he he you know, he was suddenly he was going out with Roxy at the time. Mm, um, yeah. He was also going out with Chief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And and um, you know it, it it was just like he was we were all well out of me like but everyone was so young and so like you know because they had Joey there Joey Hayes yeah C, you know CJ you know what I'm surprised like Joey hasn't made it because Joey's got it hasn't he like Joey is yeah. fantastic I think the only problem with Joey is Joey's just too lovely mm. he, he's so chilled he's just such a chilled guy. And when he wants it, he doesn't show that he wants it. He kind of bottles it in. Yeah, and right. I think he's took some rubbish advice off people at various times. Um, yeah. I remember years ago at FWA show, um, like Joey no shows <laughs> because <laughs> he had a in, in um, somewhere else in where was it? He had a book in in it was in Holland. So he, he mm. ended up taking the booking in Holland because he was getting paid for it. Where the XWA, I mean, yeah, the FWA, lot, none of, like, no one was really getting paid because we all believed in, like, wanting to make the next generation, you know, it was about pushing it forward. But they had, like, a really small budget mm. and trying to continuously, like, you know, do it as cheap as possible. And some of the wrestlers weren't getting paid. And, all stuff like that. So Joey took another booking somewhere else, and like Alex was so cheesed off. You know, Alex Shane was like, "Where is he?" Yeah. <laughs> you know, because they were going to go over the um, Marty Skull and um, Zach, and you know, you know, stuff like <laughs> no that. shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. No. But but Joey Joey's just like. You know, that, I think that's the only time he's not ever no shows for something. The rest of the time, he's he's just there. He, he's there. He loves it. He loves it to this day. He gives everything. Like Joey's just like people who wrestle him are like, oh my god, you're amazing. Yeah. You know, like I wrestled him as Mothman. Um, like I got commissioned to do this uh, Mothman Midsummer Madness thing in St Helens, and like the first time I wrestled with GPW. I wrestled uh, Adam Fate. It was, uh, I think his real name wasn't Adam. I'm trying to recall it. It's Stu. Stu. It was. Um, like, Stu just kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> he, he, yeah. He, he, like, the shots in the video, like, uh, where he just, like, lost his temper with me and kicked me in the head. Oh, um, shit. <laughs> but it's a, a trainee thing, you know what I mean? He, he shouldn't have been in that position where it was a trainee with a trainee. I should have no. been in with who could carry me. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I think I think in them respects that I, I made sure like the next match I did was with Joey. So yeah. I was safe. You know, yeah, so when I met like I was with Joey, so Joey looked after me and got me through the match. And uh, but I, I remember that that was 
that was a strange time because when I was training with QPW to do that show, the Mothman Midsummer Madness, like this was in 2006, I think, like the training school had closed down. And mm. I went to, where was it, Bolton one day and it was locked up. It, it was just like, you know, things going on. And so I had, I had like six weeks to try and learn how to train as a wrestler again. So I ended up going to um, Future Shock. And, All right. uh, and so like Future Shock, Dave Rain was there. And so as soon as I walked in, he was like, I tell him, I was like, hi Dave, what are you doing here? <laughs> and some, some of the other guys were there as well, like large stuff, stuff like that, and uh, Lanthony. And so uh, I've, when I was there, like Sam Bailey was one of the trainers as well. So Sam was training me. Um, uh, they had the guest trainer of Nigel McGuinness at one point as well. And like Nigel came in a limb more of Nigel McGuinness in like an afternoon than a learned yeah. during months. He explained certain the principles that weren't particularly drilled into us all. Yeah. Like, like Nigel was on about the fact where you walk around the ring and you just do that turn. You turn to, and but it was never explained that basics. And I was like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Like when Nigel just explained it to me. Yeah. And Nigel, which, like, like Nigel is a, he's an absolute legend. He's so like nuanced into like the, like the whole industry. Like I was saying to Anthony before, I remember a GPW training session where um, I'm not sure whether it was Damon or whether it was Johnny and we were doing like some sparring like kind of stuff and they were like, why would you not try and pin this guy for three seconds? And it was like, you know, WWE like has this whole kind of thing of like, you know, you're being pinned but you don't look like you're being pinned and you can kick out anytime. And it was like, you should be fighting to get out of this pin. And it's like these little nuances just make wrestling. Yeah, as Nigel McGuinness explained to us as well, mm. it's like when you're down on the floor, you're not going to stay there for five minutes and go, oh, oh, waiting for the TV break. <laughs> yeah. To get up. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that would just drilled into me, and I was like, oh my god! And it was like when Robbie Brookside took a GPW um, training session, and uh, Lee Butler wasn't there at the time, and. We didn't used to. We didn't have a ring at that stage. We only had just the mats. mats. <laughs> just the mats. That's they where I They weren't like mats like that. They were like little. They were like PE, like cardboard mats. Like I felt, I felt. <laughs> <laughs> they were PE mats. So when we were taking a bump, which killed us, it was like take a bump. Yeah, fuck. You know, but we were tough as as anything. You know, but we took the bumps. Um, I remember when. Robbie came, uh, Robbie Brookside seen it, and he went, you're taking bumps on them. And he was furious. Yeah. He said, you're not taking bumps on them today. You could see if Lee Butler would have been in that room, he would have been battered. Yeah. Because his, his face, Robbie's face was like... Do you know what? I, I wish I was there for that because I did uh, cross-body training onto their, <laughs> onto their mats off that little uh, little box. That was, not, that was not nice. That was not nice. It was, it was just... Like, I've got footage of that, so I'll, what I'll do is I'll try and... Um, <laughs> Please find me. Oh, that'd be easier. Yeah. I am like, you know, this this thing, no facial hair whatsoever. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. It'd be funny to see I'm dead young, weren't it? Yeah, like, definitely. You're like, 
like a 15 year old juice and stuff you know like <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, like for me, it was like Juice. It was like TJ Kane. It was like these guys who were there who were, you know, helping me through it. Because for me, it was like it was my first time away from home almost. Just like, you know, mixing people that I didn't really know. Um, You know, Lee Butler was a bit, he didn't really care. And then like Damon Lee was fantastic. Johnny was fantastic. They kind of like got me on the right track and stuff. And it was those old guys, like especially like the makeup show and stuff. I remember. I can't remember the name of the girl who was like from Sunderland, um, and she was. Uh, Sarah. Yeah, who was it? It's Sarah. Um, Sarah. Her, her name was. Um, she recently had a kid as well. Um, what's her name? Gorgeous as well, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, I've like, like I remember training with her quite a bit. And I was thinking, bloody hell, this is great because she's like beautiful. But at the same time, like, she was like, I remember she was being so good, like, character work, because she was like, people would be like, oh, go back to Biker Grove. And she's like, I'm from Sunderland. And it was, it was so good. Yeah, she was, she was great. Um, I think it was Miss Service. What was it? Oh, it was something I'll remember. Until <laughs> yeah, just blurt it out at some point. Yeah, it begins with M. Um, I'll check my own files. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah it, it's 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 one of them. But uh, she was, she was actually quite good. There was a lot of people who had like a lot of potential though in GPW. But yeah. like when when I was doing the Mothman thing, like I I was there from um some like about four months, four or five months training or less, maybe three or four. So I put a tremendous amount of pressure on myself to do like a match under a stupid amount of time with very little training and when it did it it was thanks to Damon Lee I owe everything to mm. because I, I turned up with my Mothman costume and everything and saying to Damon like oh yeah I'm going to be on the show he's like what I was like yeah <laughs> the range thing with Lee Butler. no one told him no one told Lee, Lee oh. <laughs> like he, he hadn't told anyone he hadn't told them what I was doing with the project for months, I had to bring me work and explain to you. And people were like, what? I had no idea. And because Lee didn't tell anyone, it, it just, it, it just. <laughs> I mean, it sounds very Lee. <laughs> it sounds very <laughs> Lee. I, I remember the time, like Alex, like I miss, I mixed a bit where Alex Shane is like, like Lee had been spreading shit about Alex because he wanted to book him. So mm. Alex like, turned up, he was supposed to be on the show, and, and Alex just. Led it in, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it wasn't on the rest of the show. But I, I've seen Alex the first time in, in a takeaway shop, and he was this huge man uh, in Lee. And then I took a picture of Lee Butler's cut and everything. And mysteriously, um, I never gave it him or <laughs> never passed it on. I was like, oh no, it, it didn't turn out. I was like, I'm not shitting on Alex Shane. And, no. <laughs> Like nice. mysteriously, it went missing. <laughs> <laughs> the hidden yeah, photo. Like, no evidence here, sir. No, <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, Lee Butler was. Um, it, it's a shame because he had two kids, and mm-hmm. you know, I think he went through very dark times. Lee and you know fell out of wrestling and stuff. And at the end of the day, he wasn't very accomplished as a wrestler but he tried to instill a lot 
into a lot of people as well. He, he did a lot of good and he helped a lot yeah. of people who didn't have had that opportunity. No, definitely. Him. I think um, I, I found out quite recently. Um, I wasn't actually aware that he'd obviously passed away and stuff. And it was it was such a such a shame because, you know, obviously he <laughs> he had his faults, obviously. But at the same time, he was like my first trainer. So it was uh, bittersweet. I, I like the, the thing that he gave everyone, like the do's and don'ts. He gave us a list mm. of like make sure you shake everyone's hand. Yeah, he kind of that like etiquette of like you go in, you look everyone in the eye. Everyone at this point is important because that person brushing up might be the owner of the club. Yeah, yeah. Treat everyone with respect, and if you don't, he'll bollock you. Um, no, defo. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I think I, I remember during a, a training session. I think it was, it was I think it was with Lee. Uh, I'm not sure, but we have to do the um, kind of like show the show your punches and stuff like that. And I was there like doing it, whatever, um, and it was fine. And then they did it to me, and I was just like, oh. And like Lee said to me, like, stop. And I was like, oh shit. Like like Lee's fuming. He was like. If you had been punched like that, you'd be on the floor right now. He was like, "You need to show these guys respect." And I was like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> like, I didn't realize like I, I, no, I was dropping to a knee. I was like doing all this, but I didn't realize like you know. And he was he was so good at like showing when to do the right thing. If that made sense. Stocky lad, wasn't he? He was a big lad. Mm. Oh god, he was yeah. <laughs> he was stocky is an understatement. He was massive. Yeah. <laughs> he was like he was bordered out. Oh god, yeah. Funny. But I think sometimes this humour was a little bit cutting on a lot of people. Mm. Like, no, definitely. I think, um, I mean, to be fair, I only trained uh, um, Lee for a couple of months. I think it was mainly uh, Damon and Johnny who were like my trainers and stuff. But those guys were fantastic as well. Yeah. Lee allegedly broke his neck in a, a uh, sliding down. He, he came up with loads of lies. And, uh, you know, he probably owed money and just done a runner. But you know, for a lot of people like Joey, I think Joey was very upset mm. that Lee died. Was like the only I could think to say about Lee. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was a shame because like I think he had me on Facebook a few years later and, and like had a little chat with him and then he deleted everyone again. And, and <laughs> as you do. Well, as he did. But, uh, well, yeah. I still have people from Facebook from years ago, but um, yeah, it just it just like it, it's unfortunate because he had children and uh, yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's horrible, isn't it? It's uh, such a shame. Yeah, um, his life he brought a you know without him GPW wouldn't have existed. A lot of people wouldn't have made it. No, definitely. I mean, like you know, like the likes of me wouldn't have uh, found a wrestling school if it, if it wasn't for him because he. That's the thing. I mean, for, for two lads in, in the North who absolutely love wrestling, it was certainly, I mean, obviously I never, I never pursued it, but Carl, you had the balls to do it. Um, mm. It was certainly a, a brilliant option for like, I mean, uh, uh, to be fair, there's like the British wrestling scene's grown since we were kids as well, but it was certainly one of the better options for, for us as kids, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. How to, you know, buy somebody a new wrestling. But that's the thing. I mean, it is um, it is a difficult business as well. Like uh, as Carl alluded to before, like knowing when to play your part is a really difficult one. Um, so it, it's more of an art form than people realise. I think for that reason, 
it's without a doubt an art form. Mm. I think that that was one of the things why I became so submerged in wrestling over the past twenty years, nearly. Yeah. Twenty years, because it's it's that point. It's such an odd, weird mix of dysfunctional people. Or yeah. Minx, it's, it is funny, like because I think um, I think it was Minx. Mm. Uh, it was Minx. Yes. Yeah. As soon as I said that, I was like, <laughs> it was Minx. Yeah. Um, no, honestly, Minx or Sarah, whatever, was um, was great. I thought she was a, uh, she was so like, you know, she was like, yeah, you know, do this on me, do like, and and like, yeah, do this sunset flip, whatever. And she was uh, yeah, she was really cool. Yeah, she was exactly. Um, good wrestling. Um, it was quite a few ones. It, he was quite young, vibrant. You know, there were so many people there who who had potential. But I think if it wasn't for GPWs, we wouldn't have been a future shock. No, definitely. Right. No. Yeah, yeah, take your point. You know, so future shock was because GPW existed and so on and so forth and other trade schools, you know. And mm. there's been so many different transitions. But I think, like, I think as a, like, photographer and artist I think if I wouldn't have done the training thing um, I don't think the work would have been as developed as it has been I think that's a fair point you know because it gives you a, a different appreciation doesn't it so oh, you, yeah. you yeah, it changes what you're looking for in some respects I imagine yeah but as, as well I think that's why I can spot talent a little bit oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I've been to the training and where I've been around the people and I've been in the ring yeah and you know what you know what's needed of them yeah every yeah. now and again just off me off my thing. I remember one match I had <laughs> and it was I thought he was winding me up at the time when uh, when uh, Steve Blue but he was genuine. I was photographing his wedding, he said like the day before he said, How do you fancy a match with Hammer? And I was like Sean Sean Hammer. <laughs> like six foot six or six foot ten. <laughs> sure, yeah, great. <laughs> But I remember backstage as was was doing that and I was talking through the match and I, I, I got Dean Ormark was there and I was like, Dean, what do you think of this? And Dean just basically orchestrated like, this is what you should do, this is how you should do it, take this, do that. And I was like, thank you, Dean. But I've known <laughs> like, Dean Ormark to me is like the goat. Yeah. Uh, he's wrestling. He was like, crazy. He's so good. I think yeah. the future is going to be Adam Maxter. is going to be a massive deal. Right. Note that down, Carl. <laughs> no, yeah. We will make a note. Tony Knox yeah. says. I think it'll be like a it. on the show. Tony Knox says. Yeah. And to be honest, we're, we're by no means as, as, um, as involved with the British wrestling okay. scene, but um, we do like to try and spot talent before they, uh, before they propel themselves into the big time, you know? So, um, Details like stuff like that. He's great. He's a lovely lad. Oh yeah. Um, can never meet. Um, very humble. So always yeah. accommodating. Lovely, lovely. Spot on. Yeah. So. Yeah. And do you know what? I'm glad you're on the show as well, Tony, because um, I'm hoping you might be able to settle a debate for me here, because <laughs> I distinctly remember Zach Gowan being at a GPW show, right? And Carl, well, well, I think 
It might not have been TPW. It might be oh, all, apologies. All Star Wrestling. Was it all, under the All Star banner? I know um, it was basically. It, in it was the a lot Orm of the people you knew, Carl. Yeah. Yes, it was in Ormskirk. and I remember Zach Gowan being there. And Carl tells me that he doesn't. I don't <laughs> so, remember Zach Gowan being a part of All Star Wrestling. Um, oh, sorry, the the fellow with the one leg. Who was in WWE for the time? He might have been, but I. I <laughs> I right, the debate Carl says the list, so therefore it didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. Um, Carl doesn't remember it, and I, I'm like, no, that definitely happened, Carl. But uh, yeah, <laughs> is what? Sorry, what was the venue that you've seen him? Uh, the Civic Hall in Ormskirk. I don't know if you remember the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Drill um, does there now. Right. Yeah. Okay. So those are still going on there. I'm not sure. Oh really? Yeah. Daryl, he's nice, nice lad. Um, Quite an interesting. He sounds like, oh, like. You know, for the sheer nostalgia, I think we need to go to one of those shows. They're actually really good shows. They've got really good. I think, I think, like now more than ever, we need to like support like local shows. Like, oh, definitely. definitely. I was saying to Anthony, like, um, like we saw one or two like local shows um for everything that were ha- like that happened pandemic wise and stuff and i'm like we need to like get my get back out <laughs> now like once everything settles we need to be back out there and like supporting these uh these guys well, i think during this time it's going to be very it's going to be a long time until the shows go on i mean like, mm. unfortunately two shows in one day and I believe they got a lot of flack online by the, but everything was done correctly, like temperature yeah. before we even came in the building. Um, yeah, all had to wear masks backstage. Everything was done like to to the booth. The police came in twice to check. There was mm-hmm. social by everything to the ground. Um, Sadly, yeah. it's um. It it just becomes a media storm at the minute. The minute anyone holds anything, doesn't matter how well you adhere to it. People just jump on it, unfortunately, at the minute. Well, there's, there's a lot of... I think the problem is that during the past few years is you've let the, fla- the fans dictate. Mm. And mm. the fans are people who... This probably get me loads of like, ooh, he's a villain. But <laughs> the fans are there to be entertained, not to boot the show, not to yeah. comment on people's personal lives. Exactly, but, yeah. You know, and, and I think, unfortunately... Fans with the best intentions are, are, are very toxic. Yeah. No, sadly, um, it is unfortunately a larger part of the fan base than I wanted to be, where you do get a lot of toxic fans, and um, it, it, it can have an impact, unfortunately. Uh, because, like you say, they're, they're not there to book things, but um, yeah. they are heard. You know? Yeah. The, the best thing they could do is buy a ticket, enjoy the show, and cheer. Mm. And yeah, through. and and that's it. You know, not comment on people's personal things. Agree. No. Yeah. Um, like, if you want to do something to support a wrestler, buy the merch. Don't. Have <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You know? That's the thing. It's it's the best way to support anyone. You yeah, know? definitely. We we've noticed um, from your from your Instagram, um, you're working a lot with the TNT by the looks at the moment. Yeah. Well, what. Are, I've been with TNT since the second show. Uh, mm-hmm. The only times I've ever missed any of the shows 
uh, I've got Lisa to cover for me. Uh, she's cool. She's nice. Yeah. Uh, Lisa, Patricia, I've plenty of old pictures. Um, I've only, I think I've only missed two shows. So, yeah. Uh, mm. In five years. I, I even rescheduled my operation by two days. So I could do. Wow. <laughs> that is commitment. Commitment. They shit you not. That is actually true. <laughs> when I was going into hospital, like that was the day where Cody Rhodes was in Liverpool. Mm. Like, it's like uh, five uh, venue and I was in hospital getting me kidney and I was like, oh shit yeah, <laughs> worst no, time yeah. ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it was just yeah so I, I did like the kidney transplant and within a month I was back like doing stuff well yeah. 28 days later I was I was in uh, Rise um, photographing Rise um, that's a really good company. Yeah. If you ever, if you ever get the opportunity to go to Leeds uh, and see Rise Underground wrestling, mm. please see it. Yeah, one to watch. It, it's just wonderful. It, you can yeah. see. Oh, I'll I'll get him on the show. Um, for yeah, please do. Week. Yeah, yeah. Would um, you Would you say Rise is probably the best in Britain right now? Rise is. It's different from everything. Mm. Right. There's no best. It's just fucked up. It just <laughs> I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's like what 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 caters to your taste kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. Everyone's got different tastes. Everyone's yeah. got favorite, and I think the worst thing that that people do is they categorize. This is the best. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's subjective. You know, yeah. some mm. things toxic and some things are wonderful. Um, it's, it's. I suppose it's like most art forms, isn't it? It is very subjective in that sense. Yeah. Well, TNT is. If you get the opportunity, go and see a TNT show. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah. um, we actually discovered TNT through um, uh, Lizzie Evo, if I'm pronouncing oh, yeah. her correctly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's obviously. Um, forgive me if I'm if I'm spoiling things here, Carl. But you're looking at. Um, <laughs> setting up a charity event yourself aren't you so um we've been speaking to to tnt and to, and to the zebra for that reason um <laughs> yeah but um charity charity tony's like you're not gonna pay these guys what the fuck <laughs> um but no yeah uh, <laughs> no um i decided to have the crazy idea of um for my 30 33rd birthday 33rd it'll be Carl. My 30th birthday to do a uh, wrestling show, um, a charity you, show to support Alder Hay. Um, the aim is for you to lace up your boots again, isn't it, Carl? <laughs> it is. It is to lace up the boots again and to have that main event show that I wanted when I joined G, uh, GPW but never got. I'm yourself as a champion. <laughs> well, that's the plan. Actually. I'm going to be a champ. <laughs> Great booking knowledge, Tony. Um, yeah, so I think um, me and Anthony are probably going to be the main event. Champion, <laughs> yeah. I start the promotion, and I'll be the, uh, I'll be the world champion. <laughs> well, that's it. We're gonna, we're gonna do, do it. me versus Anthony, and Mothman's gonna get involved, and he's gonna fucking get Anthony out the picture, and I'm gonna pick up the win. That is the plan. But um, well, yeah. So we've we're, we were talking about um about this sort of Carl fulfilling that that sort of childhood dream, as it were. Mm. Um, and and that sort of led us towards noticing TNT because obviously they're the probably the most local 
to us. Yeah. Um. So we, you know, we they sort of hit our radar because of that, really. Yeah. Well, Jay, Jay After is a really interesting guy to to speak to. He's incredibly humble. He's funny as mm. mad as a hatter. Uh, <laughs> not in a like mental health way. He's mad as a hatter and like exciting and fun. And <laughs> yeah. I think you need a touch of madness in the wrestling world, oh, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> just like the guy doesn't know when to say no. Mm. He's just, he's just he, in his head. He wants it to be as big as it can be. He's got he's yeah. just a bit of this, isn't there, the yeah. Yeah. You know, I can I can admire that inspiration. To be fair, Jay After is good. And yeah. speaking about childhood, I think. Like this week, I don't know what the fuck's going on with my head, but I ended up pitched <laughs> in 1977, like Star Wars. Book. Oh, nice, yeah. And like, not just <laughs> one, but getting Chewbacca as well. But like, of course, yeah. amazing. <laughs> eBay, the power of eBay. <laughs> the way to do it. That's right, guys. Tony Knox, originals <laughs> on eBay. Yeah, six years old, so. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. My childhood memories was watching Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, defo. Um, yeah, so hopefully, um, I think Lizzie will hopefully be a part of our show um, if yeah. we manage to host. Yeah, a few more TNT mods as well. To be fair, um, Liverpool, yeah. Liverpool locals, isn't it? So that's um, that's one yeah. of the main. We things. are currently struggling for a venue. Obviously, with everything going on, people wanting not to commit. Yeah. Sadly, yeah, we had the inspiration and then COVID hit. So that that was great. So um, not not to um, say, it's, I can't do a good segue. You'll probably learn that if you ever listen to our podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm curious, obviously, your involvement with the, the British wrestling scene over the years, for decades even. Um, I'm curious how you feel about NXT UK. Now, I'm not asking you, it's not a loaded question by any means, but um, obviously they've come along and they're a, they're a WWE behemoth, so um, it's had an impact uh, certainly on certainly some companies um, that I watched. Uh, WCPW being one of them um, are now no longer existent because of them. So um, I'm just curious how you feel about um, the impact I they've worked, had. I worked for um, uh, What Culture. So oh yeah, yeah. The Defiant. Uh, I worked for them, so I used to go to Newcastle and like I worked. With them during the heyday as well, and yeah. So, um, one of the things was that YouTube had changed the the whole like they were a really successful business model, and then when YouTube changed, um, yeah, the way they do the monetization changed drastically, didn't it? So that was probably due to WWE having a private conversation with them, saying we will take all the content. <laughs> yeah, most likely. But um, that that was the demise of them because, like, a lot of businesses, a lot of you know, money was going to other companies apart from the WWE. I think mm. with the WWE UK, um, I personally haven't had an involvement. I know all the people. I've I've not I've not worked with them. I've never worked. Yeah, with them. yeah. I mean, that's a funny thing because obviously the UK base. So a lot of the people involved, you you're gonna know them. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, it's naturally going to happen decades in the business you're going to know a few people even i mean we've got um zaya brookside haven't we obviously so you know where dad mm. so um you, know, there's that connection there match. is what sorry zaya's first match I oh really yeah i, I know i've known zaya years yeah because um, um, 
she's a, she's an up and coming in NXT, but obviously she's been in the indie scene. Yeah. Yeah, she has. Zaya's a nice mm. girl. Yeah. Um, you know, she, I've, I've shared car journeys with Zaya. Um, mm. I think one of my favorite things about wrestling is doing car journeys with, with a lot of the guys, but a lot of guys are going to gravitate towards NXT. I think NXT is a great thing because yeah. you've got to look at it in another point of view. So there's a lot of guys who who would turn up at a show and they would tear the house down and, you know, all 30 people who watch them, you know, yay. And then they've gone on to go into bigger venues and bigger venues. So mm. people switch on the television and go, oh, I remember him. I watched him and like there was only 30 of us here and he's on telly. So if I go to another local wrestling show, someone might end up on telly, you know, mm. who is he? And there's a high probability. And I think like the lockdown in some respects for NXT UK has, has probably been the best thing because yeah. it's recent. It's gone like reset. If you've seen it recently of the, the shows, there's so much, like even to an empty arena, the shows are amazing. Like, yeah, they're doing it as though it's a British product, it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel like mm. an American product. It feels kind of a hybrid, but it's yeah, yeah. Looking at it, it's great television. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the promos are done well, like everything's done well. It's and it's it's given people hope to aspire to. Like, yeah. I think it's tight that people like Joey Hayes haven't got an opportunity. Yeah, I think it's pathetic. Um. Like people like CJ Banks hasn't got the opportunity. People like Lizzie Evo hasn't got this. But Lizzie's only like 21. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's, she's got, sort of starting out, really, isn't she? No, she's been doing it for seven years. Oh, no, no, you know what I mean? But she's still got plenty of time to um, to aspire to that sort of stuff. She was the yeah. last Divine Champion. She's the TNT Champion. She, yeah. she kinda, you know, potentially Lizzie could be one of them people. Oh, yeah. The only problem is she supports Liverpool, and that's. <laughs> I'm I, even, I even spoke to her about that. I'm a Liverpool fan, but I said, like, what what might be a good idea if if you become a champion of the city instead of the division of Liverpool versus Everton? If mm. you if you have a thing of like, I've come to unify the city. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a blue. It doesn't. And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't do Sadly, it. Can't do it. When, it. when you speak to an Evertonian, that kind of thing happens. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, true, yeah. Carl. <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> I mean, I love Lizzie, but at the same time, yeah, nah. <laughs> if she was an Evertonian, on the other hand, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, if she was. So, um, well, then, yeah, one of them things is it's like um, sometimes I think people have got to adjust to a popular culture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of, like, ironing out certain aspects of themselves. Yeah, definitely. I think recently over, like, this year, there's, it's been very strange for wrestling. I think mm. it would be great when it comes back, but I think people need to change. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, you're totally right. I mean, the, the environment as a whole has changed, uh, like, for the big fish like WWE, where you suddenly can't have an audience and you have to adjust to that. Like, and they... they Oh, to be fair, yeah. I mean, the thing is, they were they were big for reading the audience, you know. Yeah. Um, and to not have that all of a sudden is 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 really must be kind of strange to them. But yeah, I think um, they have adjusted really well. I mean, 
it, personal opinion, um, in all fairness, I think AEW have handled it probably better. But um, mm. uh, that's I, again, it's a matter of different tastes, I suppose. I don't know if you follow both products, but um, certainly for us, I think AEW have uh, have handled the the lack of audience a little bit better in in some respects. I, th- I think as well, it, it's less. It just feels less scripted, doesn't it? WWE sometimes mm. are on great, but then they just throw away talent and don't have a storyline. Yeah. yeah, and losses mean nothing. That's the um, thing. I think because um, they both have the strength. I mean, production value is uncomparable when it comes to WWE. You know, they're incredible. But, there's no point slagging them off. You know, oh yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, we're like everyone. In, when you look at it in this way. Like wrestling, it's a TV product. So it all is. doing is when they're talking, talking about things, talking about it passionately, and you're just thinking, wait a minute, you're just talking about a TV show. You mm-hmm. got all else in your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. It's a television show. That's all it is. You know, you know what? That's the funny thing. Like one thing that seems to, like I don't know if you feel this way or, or you even Carl, but like. There was a time in the '90s when people genuinely didn't realize wrestling was was, and I'm not going to say fake because that's a bit of a trigger word. It's scripted. It's predetermined, right? And people didn't seem to realize that. And then we get to a point now where anyone who's a wrestling fan, we know it's predetermined. We know yeah. that there's a, a level of theatrics to it. But then you still get people who go, you know, it's fake. And it's like, yeah, we kind of do, but that's not why we watch it. And mm. it, it's almost become a thing where the people, the, there's like a small sort of subsection of people who don't realize that everybody knows it's scripted. Do you know what I mean? It's, like, it's kind of like saying, like, why don't you get in contact with Tom Holland and say, you haven't really got superpowers, have you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, it's, we're all watching it. We know exactly what the product is, but there seems to be this, this group of people. <laughs> no, it, it's just, it's entertainment. And exactly. That's exactly what, and that's why obviously WWE many moons ago rebranded World Wrestling Entertainment for that reason. And they made shitloads of more money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Maybe the stuff instead of seen as violent was seen as less violent because they realised they had to move with the times and and they hit the chair shot. But when you see people emulate, you know, when you've been to like local shows yourself, Carl, and you've mm. seen like shots, and someone's got a chair and they've twatted someone over the edge, <laughs> yeah. and like. Like, oh, and there's blood pumping, like, oh, and you just think, like, I don't think, wow, that's great. I think in my head, you soft twat, <laughs> you know, because, like, you know, people can get brain injuries, people can get really hurt. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Nick a few years ago, um, who, you know, got really hurt and he, he mm. can't walk and he, and he can get home, and you know, they, they are casualties of wrestling. Yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of like, I think the fans have got to appreciate that everyone is there. Um, because people, people are vulnerable. Uh, there's a lot of people oh, yeah. in wrestling who are, are quite vulnerable. They might not have much in their lives. They might have had a shit childhood. They might have broke up with the partners or, or whatever. You mm. can't presume to know that person. You can only know a character. That, that's why I feel like wrestling shows, the basic thing what they should do is to make sure that people have got food, people have got like 
you know, put on a little spread for someone. Just yeah. put a little spread on, <laughs> put some drinks out, and that way that everyone's got the basic, the basic requirements to, to yeah. kind of... Yeah. Of I think, like, you know, like, for me, wrestling is, like, one of the oldest art forms. It's, like, yeah. something where people can go with their families and enjoy something, you know, they're going to get some beverages and get some food. They're going to enjoy a show. And it's like, exactly. that is what wrestling is. Yeah. 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 It is. It's escapism. It's escapism. It's also allowing the wrestlers to live out their fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got like these kids, you've got these like people who are watching it going, do you know what? I want to be this person. I want to grow up to be like, and as long as you set a good example and, you know, you make it a good show, then, you know, wrestling is one of the finest art forms, I think, for me. It's wonderful. Like, uh, yeah. if, you, if you've ever seen, like, Grizzly Young Vets, you know, mm. Jay Zach, I mean, just outstanding. Yeah. You know, same mm. guys, are, are, like, if it wasn't for COVID, they were going to be moving over to America. Mm-hmm. You know, it's allowed them yeah. to spend time with the families and do other stuff. You know, yeah. develop. You know, fighting Spanish training school. So it, yeah. it, it's not all bad. I mean, what happened, and it's just allowed things to reset. And I think the the issue of this year is that you know you've had a trial by internet of a lot of yeah. people have been accused of a lot of stuff. I mean, certain people who have might have done certain stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's it's not even just the British wrestler scene. It's been it's been everywhere, hasn't it? It's yeah, it's uh, quite wide. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, but what you'll get as well is people making up fictitious stories about people. people. Sadly, that's that's the truth of it. Is that you have to try and wade through the the fictitious ones and and find the real ones, you know, because people mm. will be sort of, for lack of a better term, coining in on on the movements itself and going, well, that'll get a bit of money or a bit of attention or a bit of whatever. Um, and it's trying to find the the genuine cases versus the 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 fake ones. It's um. It, it it's a bit of a storm really in itself it is and i think it, it's just become as soon as a fan starts starts going well this person was mean to me mm. what, while they was playing a heel <laughs> yeah that's he the thing yeah. then he done his job yeah yeah because you had emotion <laughs> and when you after at the end of the match, you felt great about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's called theatre. It, it, oh yeah. Back, back to what you said, it's it's the purest art form, and when yeah, it's it done perfectly well, and it's done right, and you know it, it's wonderful to watch. Yeah, and definitely. My girlfriend, like, um, I've been with her about five years, and when when I first took her to a wrestling show, I was like, could you hold the camera and do things? And she was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, it's okay. She, she didn't understand it at all. <laughs> it's like, you know, she's looked at me and went. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's you happening? know, it's, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. Um, and I think as well with something like going back to NXT UK, um, the great thing is about it, what they've done right this time, not the first time, mm. time with the reset button with COVID, it's allowed them to be on terrestrial TV, to be on yeah. BT Sports, to yeah. promote the brand. 
to actually say, well, this is going on and these people will be on this show. So if anything, it's allowed a lot of people to have opportunities. Mm. And yeah. so like the WWE are only saying to some of the talents, don't work a shit show with no one, no medic. Mm. That, that's all yeah. the same. That yeah. They're not saying, like, don't work shows. They're saying you cannot work a show if they haven't got a paramedic. Because yeah. if anything goes wrong, you're yeah. If you've got a concussion, we can't use you for television. Yeah. Hey, yeah, what, in all fairness, it's a reasonable request, isn't it? Let's be honest. They're, they're investing X amount of money into that individual, so they've got to safeguard their investment. Yeah. And they're allowing people to do shows. They're not, it's not like they're turning around and go, you will only be exclusive to us. You know, but yeah. anything, they're enriching wrestling, but they're also allowing the wrestler to maybe charge more money. But yeah. in all fairness, like, you know, why, the guys don't charge much anyway. Why, why should, you know, what's wrong with them making money? Exactly. You know, yeah, true. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're probably on less money than someone on a shit job. Yeah. You know, unless, true. you know. You know, I think, to be honest, that's what a lot of people don't seem to realise. Like, I don't know if you've been paying much attention to the um, the sort of, uh, let's say, media storm over WWE restricting wrestlers with when it comes to, like, making money outside, like, using Twitch yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and I think a lot of people, like, have, they've come almost to the defence of WWE going, oh, these wrestlers are paid millions. It's like, that's not the case, actually. Most wrestlers aren't. You know, even in WWE, most wrestlers aren't. You know, you're talking the big fish when you're talking about that. Um, and obviously, the indie scene, again, is a totally different animal. So um, I think people, a lot of people don't realize, like, they're, you know, they're putting their, their body on the line for, for, you know, not as much as you'd think, in all fairness, in terms of a paycheck. Yeah, well, only the top talent make the money, don't they? Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. I think if someone's got a huge Twitch follower, and if someone's got other service of revenue, then they, they should be, as long as it doesn't affect their performance and them being available for other things, it, yeah, it, exactly. should, it should be incurred to say, well, at least they're setting up something for when they leave wrestling, at least they've still got relevance and they've got money. So that, that's, that's the thing. That's probably potentially more about greed, isn't it? I would say so, to be honest, because um, I think you, you touch on a good point there that a lot of wrestlers, when they when they leave the business, they struggle to find an outlet. You know, certain people, certain wrestlers keep coming back to the business because it's a very addictive business to be in. Um, so yeah, set themselves up now. That's the way to do it, and then they've got they've got somewhere to move to. I mean, Pages uh, or Soraya is a, a prime example. She you know yeah. she's been retired from the business very unfortunately, and you know Twitch is. And, you know, she's so emotionally connected to her Twitch fan base because of that, you know, and I, t I totally understand that. Well, I, I remember when uh, Paige was going out with uh, Del Rio, she turned up at a Defiant show. Um, so I hadn't mm. seen her for a while. So, like, she's still the same girl as she was years ago. She ran over to me and went, hi, go to the She remembers me. Mm. Um, <laughs> You know, it was it was touching, like you know. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, from like a young girl to a woman, and she's still the same girl. She was. Yeah. She wasn't. She yeah. wasn't anything else, but she was still this like lovely. No, oh, isn't it nice that like the the fame hasn't really changed? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
was lovely. Yeah. You know, it, it brought us a lovely, I've known them years. Like, I remember photographing Zach, um, like backstage, and he was like 14, he was a 14 year old kid, about 13, 14. Mm-hmm. And he went and he went, I'm a wrestler as well. He was like 14. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> So we took this portrait of him. It's it's on. Um, I'll send you it. But he's like yeah. a little kid, and like you know, seeing him mm. grow into him. That's the thing. It must be quite surreal now because he's he's part of the hooligans with his brother, isn't he? So um, he's he's lovely, but he's massive. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Big <laughs> so, like sometimes I forget how big a lot of the guys are because like I'm yeah. quite tall. So I'm like, yeah, of course, yeah. So. It's like most people are big compared to me. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like you forget because you speak, you, you speak to people because you've known them years. You just, you just talk to them like they're people. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's it. It's kind of... No, it's good having that rapport with them, to be fair. Yeah, it, definitely. Yeah. But it's probably because of being around years. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we're talking literal decades at this point, aren't we? To be fair, because you're old as balls. Well, now, like when I started the wrestling project, I was, I was either thirty-one or, or yeah, I was something. But like I'm forty-nine, so yeah. I'm like, you know, next year I'm going to be like me fifty-eight years. So it's just. Like, mm. You know, it, it, every year was going to be getting stupid. And yet you're still brought back I mean, year after year. <laughs> it's an addictive business, I told you. That's it. <laughs> you end up like with friendships with people, and you just know oh, yeah. you want people to do good. And sometimes you know that something you can do could help people. Yeah. You want to invest in certain people, and you just yeah, you know, you could make their lives better. And yeah, like no, definitely. It goes a long way, and yeah, I just but with wrestling, just you know, it's it's very a lot of the people are lovely, but there's a lot of people who take a lot as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People <laughs> like, what have you done for me lately? Yeah, you know, yeah, I get that. No, it's a hard business. <laughs> it's a hard business. Sadly, it is. It's a tough business. Yeah. yeah. I think if you're dead nice, you, you just end up like like me. <laughs> <laughs> and we see, but this is the thing, Tony, that we we want uh, to we want to find the, the nice ones. We want to find the wrestlers who are a bit unsung, who um who need who need that sort of um, outlet, I suppose, in that sense, um, because they deserve it so much more in some senses. Well, like, like I, I, like to me as well. Like Juice is like the guy who is one of the unsung heroes of British wrestling. Mm. Yeah, he's had a, a very tough time lately. You know, with everything, mm. got all that, and you know, but he'll get through it. And people, yeah, like him, uh, you know what? What people have got to remember is that, you know, a lot of the guys. Are, have always had this. They've always had this. Like, wherever the lives are going on, they've always had this sense of, like, you know, if the week's been crap, they've got a show to go to. 
um, yeah. for when they're at the show. It's a bit like Fight Club, isn't it? That if that's the <laughs> smoke, when they're in there, they're a god. You know, it, it's that yeah. sense of they get from the audience and they give back, and people are going, hey, you're amazing, you're amazing. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's like you're really good at something, and people want it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Buy into your fantasy, and, and that's the you, thing. No, it, there's a certain euphoria to that, isn't there? To be fair, yeah, and I think people, it, it's that, it's that sense of like, in, like when people go, "Oh, you're fantastic, you're great," you're like, "Oh, cheers." So, <laughs> and like when people turn around to me and go, "Oh, you're the best," I'm like, "No, no." Shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you know what, Tony? Honestly, we, <laughs> we think you are the best, and. Indeed. Again, I think we just want to thank you so much for obviously taking the time. <laughs> you know, uh, definitely a flash flashback to the past for me. Um, many, many moons oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. In G- uh, that, to be fair, though, that is one question I need to ask. Yeah. Will we see Mothman lace up his boots again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. Love and, that. And, yes. Nothing totally, else, but yes. And developing the old site, the Mothman site, again and uh, i've recently mm. done some videos during lockdown some some art art videos of mothman uh, and i did one on mothman this uh, i'll send you the link so you can take like the only thing to say is like anyone who's listening right now who wants to know more about tony knox where can they find your work about you tell us okay well they can't find on fsm anymore because i died <laughs> yeah so, just just one thing. Uh, I used to work for Fighting Spirit magazine for a decade. Mm, right. So that that ceased to exist last year. So since that time, um, that's recently why I've started working on the Instagram because yeah, right. the year I kind of kept stuff back. So it was like a running gag. You never see your images. It was because <laughs> it was ready for like magazines. Yeah, yeah. Saying what happened with British wrestling because. Mm. I could work with the editor and he was great. Uh, Brian Elliott um, was just fantastic. And there's other wrestling magazines like Inside the Ropes and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have nothing to do with them. Really. Um, <laughs> it's just flavor of the month. Yeah, of course, um, yeah. I'm obviously not it. So, um, yeah, it, it's just one of them. It's kind of, at the moment, that's why I'm showcasing some of my archives on the uh, Tony Knox 99 Instagram. Um, mm, yeah. So, well, it's um, definitely one to check out. I mean, obviously, in recent weeks, we've yeah. seen the likes of, um, you've seen some of the work you've done with Pac and stuff like that in the past. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Lizzie Evo on the show. You've recently done some work with her. Yeah, I've um, done some stuff with Alex, Alex, uh, Alexis Falcon mm, as well. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But there's, there's an absolute, there's a, I mean, I imagine you put them all up, but there's a ton of stuff on there for people to check out as well, isn't there? Yeah, there's also, there's also another one, which is Tony Knox uh, Photography as well. And Adam, who um, is connected with um, NGW, he used to do the posters for PCW. Right. He set up an archive of some of the stuff they did. But um, recently, because we're having time to actually do stuff and learn <laughs> yeah started, you know curating my own on instagram and, and i've really yeah. enjoyed it yeah, yeah. Changed that must life. be nice to look back on some stuff as well to be fair some stuff you've done over the years I'll tell you one last story this yeah, yeah 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 um i was working uh for tnt uh no not tnt tna sorry mm. TNT. oh yeah 
I, I did the photography for a few years for, for them. Mm. Uh, I remember I was backstage at the Manchester uh, in between matches and I had to photograph Hulk Hogan. Um, mm. So I'd done some pictures of Hogan. And in the hallway, Bully Ray was talking to Hogan about planning the match. Yeah. Um, he was going to do this spot with this old woman who recently been burgled by uh, this this man and she fit, basically attacked him with her only with her cane like hitting him with a cane <laughs> basically Love it. Scotland and the WW I mean the TN, TNA brought her over to the Manchester show mm. um, because they did a spot where she held Bully Ray Bully Ray went like that to her and then Hulk Hogan came and like hit him you know like that and um, but <laughs> I I remember um, like I was there when they were planning that match, and that was Hulk Hogan's last match, and wow. I know yeah. that was Hogan's last match. Um, literally, I did I didn't even find out till year when Holy said, shit! Like match. what an accolade! Like you were doing thing. That's great, <laughs> dude. And to be fair, with Hogan, you 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 never would have known, would you? To be fair, he's no. made how many how many, <laughs> how many last matches <laughs> he had, you know? So to be there for his actual one. Allegedly, yeah. that was his last match. Uh, <laughs> no, to be honest, like we've seen him come back in WWE, but not in any sort of in-ring capacity. So I, I genuinely believe that was his last match. In all fairness, that was with Bully Ray. Mm-hmm. But during that match as well, like a few years, about a few years later, I actually had a car journey with Bully Ray, and we were talking. I was in the back of his car, and he was on the phone for the first fifteen minutes. And I was thinking, <laughs> Like I, I was literally like there was a driver there and there was bully way there and I had all my photography stuff on me <laughs> and, and like literally I was like this I was like God this is gonna be like such a shit shit ride and then he started talking and then I was speaking to him about about that and he was like oh you were there and it was like he went you you heard history you know because it was <laughs> Hogan but he's absolutely yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know what? Like a lot of people talk shit about Bully Ray, but I think, you know what? He he seems like an absolute sweetheart. And, oh yeah. yeah, no, mm. he does. He seems like an awesome guy. I mean, obviously, we've only got what we see on TV, but uh, it's nice to know that he is genuinely a decent guy. Yeah, he's nice. I remember yeah. once though, as well when I went in the lift. I remember once I, I, I got in the lift and uh, he was in the lift and I farted, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> And I, I got out the lift very quickly, like, like, that is a claim to fame. That is a claim to fame. I don't think I anyone can else can fully raise shit. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you love my fecal matter. <laughs> uh, I never told him I farted in that lift. Yeah, probably best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> probably for the best. But no, Tony. Yeah. Honestly, thank you so much. Um, yeah, obviously. we do. We sincerely appreciate it, man. It's been a, it's been a fantastic insight. Yeah, you've you've like you've met so many people. You've been in the business for so long, and you know we honestly appreciate your time tonight and stuff. And hopefully, we can do it again in the future as well. I think you know you are an absolute. Um, you are the absolute <laughs> right to passage for British wrestling. The amount of work that Indeed. you've been involved in and stuff, and the amount of stories you've got to tell, and I know we've only scratched the surface tonight, but it was great to see you again after okay. so many years. Hey, everybody! This is Thunder Rosa, and you're watching or listening 
A to the K.